Jay Real. This is Jay. Um, we're going to do the podcast today with um, Amber Russo, also known as Scamber, <laughs> and we'll explain uh, her nickname. She calls me Thrillcox. Uh, there's a story behind that, too, so we will explain our nicknames to you um, later in the podcast. Um, so uh, introduce yourself, Amber. Tell our audience a little bit about you and how you kind of found your way into the Waynesville Yoga Center. Uh, well, let's see. My husband and I came up here on vacation. Well, we've been vacationing in the area since 2000. And about two years ago, we were up here and he said, well, I'm going to retire in March. Do you want to look for some property? And so we bought a house <laughs> and we went home on January 1st and we sold our house on January 5th. And we were back here in, by February 22nd. <laughs> And we had to live in our camper for eight weeks, but that's okay. And then we moved into our house, and, and it's been quite the year and a half. And I just remember as I was driving up here on Saturday morning as we left Florida, and I kept repeating, I'm going to do yoga in the mountains on Monday. I'm going to do yoga in the mountains on Monday. And I showed up on Jay's doorstep, and that's how it all started. That is exactly how it all started. Yep. Amber rolled right in, and we absorbed her into the fold, and here she is. So um, my first question for you is I want you to tell me about your very first yoga class ever. Okay. So I was in my early 30s and my girlfriend called and she's like, oh, it's my birthday. Do you want to go do yoga with me? I said, sure. And I had no idea what kind of yoga. I didn't know what we were doing, but it was cold. It was like the one cold day in Florida, actually night. So I had on some sweatpants and a long sleeve shirt, uh, probably a sweatshirt because I was cold. And we roll into Bikram yoga. And I had no idea that it was going to be 105 degrees. And so here we are in our sweatpants, <laughs> dying. And I remember I was, we were moving to the floor, and I was laying on my belly. And I said to her, I'm going to kill you when we get out of here. God help you. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. And we left that class, and I don't think I spoke to her the whole drive home. <laughs> and then the next morning, I called, and I'm like, hey, I feel pretty good. She's like, yeah, me too. I said, should we go back? <laughs> she's like, yeah. And then we had appropriate attire, and we went back. And so that was my very first experience in yoga ever. Yeah, I've had I have some stories around Bikram yoga too. Yeah, um, I've done two classes, and um, I was not a lover of the style, but I did get a lot of that out of it, and I'm really glad I tried it. Yeah, you know the heat's a little too hot for me. I like warm heat, like I like a hot yoga, mm -hmm. but Bikram's just too hot for me. And there the rigidity around the poses and the kind of like militaristic sort of you know dictatorship style of yoga kind of really didn't resonate with me. But it's been the gateway for a lot of people to get into yoga and then even though whether they stay with Bikram or not they usually end up kind of staying with yoga yeah you know either way and so you know obviously because I know you I know you have a little bit more of a diverse background so um like from there how did you end up uh teaching well from there um well if I can just go back to Bikram it was a really good time for me to do Bikram because I was working corporate and I was working 80 hours a week and I was really stressed out and it was the 90 minutes 
of the same postures. And that kind of relaxed my mind and my mm -hmm. type A personality. Yeah, it soothed your nervous system. It, yes. So that was really good for me. And then I got busy at work and I kind of fell out of yoga and I had bought my own shop and I had a consignment shop in St. Augustine and I was like, okay, I can relax now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Owning your own business is not the way to relax. Yeah. I'm just going to take it from no, me. No, it's not. And, but I did have more free time. Like, I wasn't driving to Jacksonville every day. Mm -hmm. So um, this young lady comes into my shop, and she says, Hey, uh, we're opening a yoga studio called Abe Limbs, and I have a free pass, three free classes. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was right. I was 39. So... I was like, you know, I really don't want to go into my 40s gracefully, and I really want to fight it. So I went, and I took the three classes, and of course, now this is Ashtanga yoga. So this is my second introduction, because I don't do anything the easy way. Um, and I go in there, and that was a really, um, again, pretty much the same postures. You knew what was coming next, and that always made me feel Well, they better. call them different things, though. You know, they that's, do. That's the joke, is Patabi Joyce and Iyengar, I mean, not Iyengar, Bikram had a little rivalry, mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's a little friction there. Yeah. And so, I think it's so funny, you know, some Stevie versus, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I do find it interesting, that little, it is similar, but... Well, the postures are, are a lot different, um, and there's different, you know, there's like series one, series two, Correct. series three, and... Um, um, and, but that's where my love really kind of like fell into it. And, but again, I was such a type A that we would go into Shavasana after 90 minutes of this really hard, I mean, I can't tell you how many chaturangas we had to do. And I would sit, I would go into Shavasana and I'd be there for less than 60 seconds and I'd pop right back up and then I'm just sitting there waiting for everybody else to finish. And it probably took me almost three years to be able to do Shavasana. And I know that, um, people are like, Oh, it's my best poses. And I was like, you have no idea how hard I struggled with that for years. Um, now I can just fall asleep fall asleep. But. A lot of people struggle with Shavasana and they don't want to admit it. Oh, I was know? awful. I, I couldn't lay there. I would sit up and the teacher was really sweet. She never, you know, she never acknowledged it. You know, she would kind of give me a little wink and a smile and I would sit there quietly and wait for everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I did Ashtanga pretty regularly for almost three years, four years. Then I fell back out and then I had, um, because I went back into corporate again, and that always messed up anything I was doing because I had to work so much. And then I went back out of corporate, and I went back to the yoga studio, and I went back to um, to the Bikram because I, I felt like I wasn't in shape enough to do the Ashtanga. So I went back to Bikram, but they had changed the studio. It wasn't Bikram anymore. It was 26 and 2. So the studio... A lot of Bikram studios did that. Yeah. The studio got to offer more. And so on one side, they had the hot yoga. And then on the other side, they had vinyasa and yen and all these other classes. So I could choose with my membership what I wanted to do. And um, it was really really nice that I could go back and forth and one day in um, the 26 and 2 my back just sort of spasmed me out from an old back injury and I was so upset because I you know I was like really working my way back into some fitness and feeling good and they were offering yen and I was like it's I don't know what it is and but I'll go and that was my that was the changer of everything because I took a yen class because I couldn't walk <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I just did yen and it really healed my back. And then on the board, they said yen yoga teacher training. And I was about 48, 
No, yeah, 47, 47, 48. And I had pinky swore with my best girlfriend that by the time we were 50, we were going to have a yoga certification of something. And so I called her up. I'm like, it's a weekend course. It's $500. And I'm like, we don't even have to stand up. I'm like, it's yin yoga. You have to do it. So she came down from St. Pete. We did the weekend. We got a certification, but she couldn't teach. But the next, but, but Monday after I got, I look, I was like, I have got to get my 200 hour, like five minutes ago. Um, because it was a, the injury led to such a mind shift. And I had said for years, Oh, if I had a dream job, I would want to teach yoga. And but I was like, but I'm not ready because I can't do that posture and I can't do that posture. The and stories we tell ourselves. And I'm not flexible enough. And, oh, I hurt myself. And, oh, I'm not fit enough. Oh, I'm not thin enough. Oh, I'm not vegan. So all of these things. And then when I took Yan Yoga, I was like, I don't even have to stand. I can teach Yan Yoga. <laughs> and then I went to um, get my 200 hour. And it just, it never, the excitement and the love of it never faded. It just got better mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I knew about your back injury because you know, that's how I got into yoga is a back injury. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's kind of saved me. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, like the, the times I've gotten away from yoga and my back injury, my back problems came back with a vengeance. And so I can't not do it. Yeah. I mean, I was a lot like you too. I was kind of, well, in, in, in ways, yes. In ways, no, like I was, um, I, in fact, my high school roommate and I were giggling about recently about our, our non-athletic prowess in high school. <laughs> I mean, I played softball and I got benched because I wouldn't step in a pile of doo-doo to catch a ball. So obviously I was not like a super amazing athlete. But um, I I do, I did, once I started really like getting, like I did try to get in shape. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I can be an intensity addict at times, you know, like I do have the type A, the draw, all of those things. And I think that's why yin is very hard for me. Yeah. Like restore restorative and yin were more of the challenge for me early on more so than, I mean, once I got strong enough to do the flow, I was kind of like you when I first started doing it, I was like, Oh my God, this is hard as hell. I had no idea. And then of course you get hooked and then it helps your back. And cause my first experience when I had my back issues was a real kind of easy flow. It was like a, it wasn't a, like anywhere near an Ashtanga type of flow at that point. Thank God it would have killed me. Like I would right. probably end up in the hospital. Um, but it was interesting to me when I first, my first restorative class, I remember I was getting my 200 hour at, at the Asheville Yoga Center way back in like 2004, 2004. And I remember going to a restorative class and I was like laying there going, Oh my God, what are we doing? We're just laying here. Like I'm pillows. I can do, you know, <laughs> just this like yeah. monkey mind junk rolling through my head. And by the end I was like, Dirt. Like I, I literally remember, like it was an hour class, and literally halfway through, I felt my whole my whole body just go dunk, <laughs> and it, my whole nervous system, everything just was like whoosh. And the whole rest of the class, I was like, what? Where? Like, what day is it? Where are we? And afterward, I mean, I felt drunk yeah. by the end of that yoga class. Yoga drunk. Yeah. I was yoga drunk, and I remember thinking, okay. Like this is it. This is I get this now. Yeah. I, it, but it took me that long to get the little, and I know what you're talking about in shavasana, mm-hmm. the you know the the rat thing in your head, you know the treadmill of whatever it is, and that is why I think yin is hard for me, is because the monkey mind stuff for me comes up in yin as certain poses. Yes. You know, um, yes it does, and I and so I have to kind of find that balance in my own.
flowing practice, like flowing in is my sweet spot. Right. Because I like to move. I have to move stuff out of my body. That's how stuff gets out of me is I have to move it out. But I do like the stillness and I do like the meditative piece of the yin and restorative. Yeah. So I'm much more balanced in my practice now than I was back when I started. Um, you know, and I started when I was probably... I mean, I started young, but I got my teacher training when I was in my 30s, I would say. Maybe 35, yeah, 36, 37, somewhere in there. It seems like it was in the dark ages. Uh, I'm coming into this in my second half of my life, so. Yes, yeah, and you're always allowed to do that. Um, so um, you just decided to teach because you loved it, right? I did, I did. And when I went into teacher training, you know, they always say, you know, they are you here to deepen your practice? Are you here to teach? Whatever. And I was like, oh, no, I'm here because I'm I'm going to teach like mm -hmm. I'm teaching and and I felt it was weird because there was these other people who were like I know I'm just here to deepen my practice and and then I felt so selfish and I don't know why I felt so I'm like no I'm here to teach and um it was a weird like I remember our very first night of teacher training it was like this intro you know meet and greet kind of thing and we all wrote down you know, some, what did we hope to get out of it? And I remember I wrote, mine was open to change. And we turned it in and the Deva who was master instructor, amazing, you know, 70 years teaching yoga. Um, she looked at me and she goes, wow, that's a hard one. And I was like, I'm like, she's the only one that, I was the only one who got a comment, you know, everybody, oh, that's nice. Oh, you picked a hard one. And, um, but that's what I mean, besides to teach, I was there to be open to change because that's what it was all about for me. Right. To get out of that type A and, right. you know, I don't know, just be less intense all the time. Yeah, because what you realize is you burn yourself out, mm -hmm. you know, and then you're open to injury. Because with a few times I have kind of gotten into that, on that struggle bus of intensity addiction, then yes, here we go. I yeah. usually, usually what brings it to a screeching halt is my body, and then I get hurt, and you know. Oh, that's yeah, it. that happened to me Tuesday at Lake Junaluska. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah, sometimes we need those reminders, you know. Even as yoga teachers, nobody's perfect. We are not perfect. And that was my story. My story was I can't teach yoga because I can't do lotus pose. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Like, you know, all the things. And then finally I was like, and I actually think that, um, and I thought that in my head, and, you know, also the injuries, and I'm not perfect. I can't do all the really hard poses and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I finally just came to the point where I was like, all right, like I... I just have to accept that it doesn't matter. Like, I just have to teach whatever yoga I know how to teach and do what I can do and bring my own whatever special sauce like we all do. And then you either, you know, you, you find your tribe. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and once I, and then when I really got that the postures, the poses were only like 10% of it, yeah. you know, then I was like, oh, okay. It was such a mind blower for me to go to um, yoga teacher training and hear my instructor is 80 and she's like oh yeah I used to be able to do that I can't do that anymore and then she goes and you know when they tell you to square their your hip she's like that is a bunch of crock and like everything that I'd heard for almost yeah. eight years yeah I was like oh. and she's like your body is not supposed to be able to split in half like that like those people have hip problems like those people are the people who are gonna the people who are flipping it over they're having hip replacements right she's like you are gonna be fine and I was like oh so I'm oh oh 
okay. And I find, suddenly felt like a little bit superior than somebody who could get their leg behind because I'm right. thinking, yeah, mm, that's going to hurt later. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's what a gift to have a teacher who'd been teaching that yeah. long. Cause that's what I, you know, because like wisdom comes with experience and age, right? So when you are young, you can yeah. do all the crazy hard poses and you can do all the stuff and you do it cause you can. Right. And then some people are really flexible and, and they're actually wearing down the structure and the strength around yeah. their joints and they are going to have problems yeah. later. That's not me. I've never been flexible yeah, no, in my whole life. Yeah. Ever. Even when I was little, like everybody was like busting out splits and, yeah. and I'm over here in the, like, yeah. I'll just sit here and watch. I'll just watch. Congratulations <laughs> on your genetic gifts yeah. from your parents. Because a lot of times that's where that comes from. I'm like, from. yeah, I can't do that. So um, what is your funniest um, story taking a yoga class? Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't know that I've... Funny stories. I don't know that I've had any... I'm sure I've had funny, but I can't think of one. Because mm -hmm. I was always pretty serious in class. And if somebody, like did something they weren't like talked or I was like so maybe I was that person who was like shut up, up. <laughs> like you're not supposed to do that in yoga if you fart that's fine but you can't laugh <laughs> so Amber is the yoga Nazi now no, now not we, anymore no I was I okay, was when I was a, when I was only taking it and not actually experiencing it because right. now I experience it I was that person who's like oh my god they're late do you hear how loud they are with their mat oh I can't their keys are rattling oh they opened their bottle of water <laughs> that was me. Yeah. I that's was, funny. I was not, I was very intense and not very nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Probably. You know, but that's a bit good for you for being aware of it. Oh, I am now and, because, <laughs> you know, you have to look back and laugh at that stuff. Oh, I do. I look back and I'm like, I was an a-hole. <laughs> I'm like all trying to go to yoga and be namaste. I'm like the most judgmental you know person in the joke. room. There's a, there's a, <laughs> there was a great story in the Huffington Post years ago about this guy who goes to Earth Fair and he literally almost gets mowed over by somebody in their Prius in the parking lot and he goes in and he everybody's super surly and grumpy and they say namaste and by the end he's like, I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> or the intention behind it in yeah. the tone of voice that you're using it and so at the end, it was like, go F yourself. That's what he right. decided it meant because it was like, namaste. You know, that's how it came across. And so that is such a joke. Yeah. It's because there are, you know, there are plenty of yoga people out there who think they're all enlightened and whatever. And they're like super rigid and they're purists about everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, check your own self, man. Yeah, you know? I'm not like that. I mean, and when I left the yoga studio, I was not a purist. But when I was in there, I did not want you to open your water or be late or, or breathe. Or, yeah. If you, you know, don't breathe around Amber. As long as you were doing the Ujjayi breath correctly and you were keeping up with my breath, then yeah, you could be next to oh me. Oh my God, Amber, that's hilarious. <laughs> Amber needs to be in one of those plexiglass bubbles or like an isolation tank. But I'm not that? like that anymore. Okay. Yeah, so there's hope for all of us. Yeah. So any funny stories teaching? Oh, I don't, I wish I had funny stories. Well, you have funny stories because I, I know you have funny stories. <laughs> they just may not be around that particular subject, but let me tell you something. I know you have funny stories. Yeah. Well, the only, I can tell when, when we were doing our practice teach, when we would, um, when I was in teacher training, I made really good friends with this one girl and she was, um, 
really into the kundalini yoga and I was into, you know, the more vinyasa flow and the yen and we were always teamed up in teams to teach, which was really great because we really enjoyed each other's company. And I remember one time I was teaching and I was teaching a vinyasa flow because that was what, that was my jam. And she's like, oh, why do we have to do, you know, she's like, can you just teach a meal? I'm like, no, this is what we're doing. And then she says to me, and we're, I've got her in down dog, and this is after she says, I have sweat rolling down my ass. <laughs> and I said, well, that's good. We're halfway there now. And I said, you know, down dog's a resting post. She's like, you're a liar. <laughs> Well, you know it's a hard class when yeah. down dog is a resting yeah. class. I mean, that is the joke. And um, I was like, and then after my, you know, I got done with my, my teach, she's like, I really wish, because we critiqued each other, she's like, I really wish you would stop saying down dog's a resting post. I'm like, but you don't find it easy and, like, restful? She's like, no, you psycho. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people actually don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've stopped saying it. Well, actually, yeah. I did say it, I think, the other day, and I said, as your practice grows, you may find that it is yeah. a resting pose. Right. Because I'm going to not lie, I hated that pose for years. Yeah. Years, years. Yeah. And if a teacher taught it too much in a class, I would not go back to their class. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I struggle with down dog and um, chaturanga a lot. And yeah. in the sitting, sukhasana, easy sitting pose, is the worst named pose in yoga. There's nothing easy about sitting like that if your hips are tight. No. You know, so yeah, I had, there were, I was on the struggle. I remember just in the beginning of class, we would start and and I would in my head I would be like I'm gonna kill you if you don't get us out of this pose I hate you I hate you like I would just have angry thoughts in my head I, I that my very first yin class after I had went my 200 hour I had done a chakra yin and this um student showed up and she's really intense. She's like, I'm flying to Denver today. She's like, but I came to your class because you said that it would relax me. I'm like, okay, no pressure. <laughs> and the very first pose I had her in, I can't even remember, but I could, she stared at me for the whole yeah. five minute hold, like yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Her eyes were open and she was giving me death stare. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, oh my She's going to murder me. Yeah, that's fun when that happens. I've had that happen to me where I've literally yeah. gotten like the, the, the rage. Yeah. You know, like, are you, like, you know what I mean? And it was the first pose. We had 90 minutes to go. Yeah. And, but by the end, she was totally zinned out. And she's like, you know what? I really struggled at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> the death stare was communicated nicely. <laughs> she's like, but I feel better. I think I'm going to be okay on my flight now. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So a little quick little break. I want you to tell me about Scamber, how you got the nickname Scamber. Okay. Well, <laughs> this came up. Let me just give a little background. So we all decided, a couple of us decided to go out for a splash, which is, you know, glass of wine or whatever, um, at a local wine place called Bosu's, which is awesome if you've never been there. So fun. And um, we were somehow, we somehow got the subject of nicknames, didn't we? I think you started. Did I start it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, so my nickname in college, my, my maiden name is Wilcox. And one of my buddies in high school, I mean, in college, called me Thrillcox. And so to this day, I am, and we have just funny nicknames, you know, for all of us. Like, um, and so I, I came up with Thrillcox, and she goes, mine is Gamber. Yeah. Well, nobody else in my group in high school had a nickname but me. So if that tells you anything. <laughs> and, um... I'm not going to lie. I am and was that friend who's like, let's just do it. It's only bad if we get caught. 
to this day, I'm still a little bit like that. Um, so when I was in high school, one, I was a really big flirt and I couldn't, I could, but I didn't keep a boyfriend for longer than a week or a week and a half. And so I was always flirting. So, you know, back then it was called scamming on, yes. like so-and-so yeah. scamming on. Yeah. And so and we may be dating ourselves a little bit because yeah. I totally, when the minute I heard scammer, I was like, oh yeah, I yeah. totally got it. Well, and so, but it was a twofold nickname because not only was I a giant flirt, but I also was the person who was always coming up with whatever the plan was going to be. And it was usually something we weren't supposed to be doing. And then it was, how are we going to get out of it if we, because I always had like plan A, plan B, and plan C. So if plan A went bad, we had to do plan B so we didn't get caught and we're in trouble because I was really big on not getting in trouble. I still wanted to do all the stuff. I just didn't want to get caught. So I was always trying to, you know, scam my way out of whatever situation I had gotten all of us into. And I usually did. And, um, to, you know, all my friends' parents were like, oh my gosh, Amber is so sweet. She is such a good friend. You should hang out with her more. Cause I was like, hi, Mrs. Smith. How are you? Oh my God. You know, I was like the best, you know, guest. I would help clean the dishes. I would vacuum. I would do whatever, you know, and I would always tell my friend, like, gosh, you should really help your mom out more. And then of course they're punching me and the mom's like, oh, she's so great. So, um, then when mom wasn't looking, of course, you know, it's like, let's drink that or let's do this or something. That wow, that was doing. quite a racket you had going there. Yeah, it was pretty good. I had pieces of that. <laughs> I wasn't quite as good at not getting caught. Oh, I was really um, good. But at I definitely caught. was good at plotting all the things. I was well. I have a sweet face, and and. I can suck you into that false sense of security really easy, <laughs> especially when I was a kid. Now my parents knew better, but yeah, I didn't get away with crap with them. Yeah, my parents knew better too, but I just I don't know. I wasn't I didn't play the game. Yeah, I, I was really good. good at home because I they knew better, but outside uh -huh. of the house I was a mess. <laughs> right. Well, I mean sometimes we are. Um. So tell me, I want to know your favorite rock band. The Eagles. The Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Mine's Led Zeppelin. Is it? Yeah. See, dating ourselves. Yeah. But the Eagles are even pre-me, but I just, I don't know. My mom, well, my, my mother, when I was little, um, she always played the Eagles, and I have a really good memory of it being Thanksgiving, and her and I making pie crust, and I was little, and an Eagle song, Hotel California was on, and my mom was drinking pink champagne, and she would let me drink some during mm -hmm. that song. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then, hence, Scamber was born. Yes, probably. <laughs> and that's where it all started, right there. Making that's, pie crust. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, that's a great story. I, it's funny that you say that, because... I, my mom was always playing music too. We had an eight track. Okay. It was an eight track player. And yes, that's back records. in the dark ages. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, yes, eventually we had records too, but back at that point it was an eight track and my mom would play like the fifth dimension. She was really into like disco and funk. Oh, and, I love disco. And then I remember when, um, 
Yeah, she was a huge disco person. I remember she took me to see Saturday Night Fever when I was 12, and she was dying to go see it, and they couldn't find a babysitter. And her <laughs> arm, like, was not quite long enough, like, it was me <laughs> and my brother and a friend, and she was trying, but, like, there were certain scenes, and I remember hearing these, like, young guys behind us howling, laughing, because, I mean, there were definitely some scenes I was like, wait, what's that? Yeah. And I was like, we'll talk about it later. But she was so dying to see that movie, and so it's funny how I grew up with music on in the house all the time, and I have so many vivid memories of the first the first record I ever got was Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy by Elton John. Mine was the soundtrack to Grease. Yes, and that was one of my favorites too. It was too. the best. Yes, and I played that over and over and over and over and over and over. Okay. Yes, that was a great soundtrack. I loved that. <laughs> and I remember the albums. It was like, oh, yeah. It was like a book. Up, yeah, and you would look at all the pictures and yeah. And if you got really lucky, you got an album that had the words on it. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that, you couldn't just Google it. Yeah, and if Apparently those are coming back. Like albums are kind of like a, I guess a, um, they're just kind of making a comeback a little bit. I guess it's considered like a collector's item or whatever because my husband's kind of thinking about getting a record player because he's a musician. But it's funny how those are such vivid memories for me. Um, My first, my first eight track was ACDC, Dundard's Deep. (laughs) Dundard's Done, done, dirty deeds. Dirty deeds done, done dirt cheap. cheap. God, I can't even <laughs> say the album. They probably did that on purpose to make that a tongue twister for us. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it was ACDC. Yeah, and then I did. I remember also the other one was Rush moving pictures. Oh yeah, that was a big yeah. one. I, I had a liked. Quiet Riot T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite. first concert? Oh, I really. This is very Mine sad. Was, Van Halen. No, mine was when I was 18 because my parents were very strict and they wouldn't let me go to Toronto's concerts. And this is a true story. When I was 18, I was like, hasta la vista, baby. And I moved out like the day I turned 18. And my very first concert was Robert Palmer. It's kind of sad. Oh, Robert Palmer's great. <laughs> it was back when that he had all the girls. Yeah. That's what was that song? Um, um, you know, where they all danced in synchronicity. Uh, Simply Irresistible. Yes. She said. Yeah. That was it. Simply Irresistible. Yeah. So that was the concert. Yeah. Say. No, that was good. Actually, I think my first one was Journey. It was oh, Journey. See, that would have been awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Journey was in middle school. I saw Van Halen when he wore the assless chaps, and that was in high school. <laughs> no, my Luckily, it was really far away, and so I didn't, it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of couldn't see a lot, but I remember distinctly being like, oh, wow. I've probably been to five concerts in my whole life. Like, my parents wouldn't let me go, and then when I got older and I could go, I didn't have any money to go. Right. They're expensive. And really expensive. Yeah. And then I just, it never became like a cult, like something for me to do, you know, right. I was like, if I had $150, I was not spending it at a concert. Yeah, I mean, I had fun doing it for a while. Yeah. I got over it pretty quick. Like, just the crowd and the people, you know, like, they're just a speck on the horizon. And, you know, so I don't know. I kind of moved up. But I did have fun back in the day. Yeah. So my next question for you is if you're um, in hell and the devil is playing a song over and over to torture you, what is that song? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh my gosh, that's a hard one. There is a song in it. It was just on, like, not that long ago. Like, I was like, I hate this song. Mm-hmm. Mine was Islands in the Stream with Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, and he died shortly after. I said that to Leanne, on the po- oh, like, right before the podcast. Leanne's like, don't you feel bad? And I was like, okay, I didn't cause his death right. by saying that. But that was always, and I never liked that song, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. And you know like, what? I hate that you know song. what song I didn't like was that, um, 
Oh my gosh, it was really popular at weddings. It was like some um, Macarena. Yeah, that was one I didn't like, but there was another by the B-52s. Rome? Nope. It was the... Uh, Rock Lobster? It was real popular, and they would play it at weddings all the time. I think they played it at weddings. It was one of the B-52 songs. Maybe it was Rome. Uh, Kill, where they would scream, Kill Roy. I can't sing, so don't know, so... I would have to Google it, but yeah, the B-52s really got on my nerves. <laughs> See, they're at, I went to Athens, and I went to school at the University of Georgia. They were big in Athens. Yeah, I like the B-52s, but you know. They got on my their nerves. Their shtick wasn't for everybody. Yeah, and you know who else I didn't like was Boy George. Like, I could not, none of his music ever resonated with me. He had one song I liked, but now I was kind of, do you really want to hurt me? That song, I was yeah. like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I like my angst in my music. Yeah. I like got to feel too, some feeling. Yeah. I don't know. It was too slower. You got to relate to it, and I just couldn't right. relate to that. Right, right, right. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was all right. He didn't really, you know, knock me over. Um, so, your favorite style of yoga and why? Is definitely probably yen, and then my second is the bend to yen or the flow and yen. Mm-hmm. Um, yen because it really helped my back, helped my body, mm-hmm. and it it was the awakening that I needed in order to say I can teach yoga, I can do this. Um, so I have a really special affinity for that yoga, and then I do. And then once I figured out that. Um, Vinyasa doesn't have to always mean that you're practically going to die, but there's a softer side to Vinyasa, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that for many years um, because I always had to do it the hard way. Um, When I found that softer side of a Vinyasa flow or a flow, I love the, like you said, I love to get kind of into my body a little bit, and then I can just go to the mat, and I'm like... (gasps) (sighs) <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So there's something really special about both of those for me. And, and, and I really enjoy practicing them as well as teaching them. So I know a lot of, some teachers are like, oh, I really like to teach this, but I only practice this type. Right. And for me, that works out for me because I can, I like to practice it as well as teach them. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question because I, I really always, t- I, I really like to look at yoga is bringing balance into my life. Yeah. And so on any given day, it's like, what do I need right now to like level myself, you know, myself out? What do I need to balance myself? And so I kind of look at it as what's my medicine today and what's my dessert? Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I tend to look at it. So for me, my dessert um, is the vinyasa, the flow. I love the movement. I love the flow. My medicine is more of the yin and more of the stillness, yeah. more of that sort of restorative kind of thing. So what's, what, would you say that's the same for you or just a little bit different? I think that... Because um, generally our dessert's what we're good at right. and what we really love and our medicine's something that may be a little bit hard or challenging, but we know we need it. I think it depends and I on the day mm-hmm. for yes, me for me too to some extent because too. there's some days I wake up and I'm like I just I can't do a flow right now I just can't so I can you know do a couple young postures um, kind of work my way through that and then there's other days where no matter how much flow I do I can't do a yen and so 
I really can't answer that question because it depends on the day right. and the mood and yep. what I'm going through. And then there's those days where I'm like, I cannot get on my Well, mat. and I should have prefaced it by saying, I do think it varies on the day. Yeah. I think each day you kind of have to decide what is my medicine, but what's right my now, today. But right now, when I first, when I was going through teacher training, I did a lot of yen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like, if I got up in the morning... And that's what I did was yen. Mm-hmm. And then when I got through the teacher training, I started doing more flow plus the yen. And then since I've moved, when I first moved up here, I couldn't do yen at all. It was really hard for me to get into that mindset. It was really hard for me to be still. Um, and so since I've adjusted to the move and to the newness of it, I can better find my yen practice. Mm-hmm. And so I think it has a lot to do with what's going on in your life and where you are. And if I'm really anxiety ridden or stressed out, I know I need the yen, but I have to move in order to get it out of me. Yeah, I have to. And especially like if I move first, then by the end of the movement, I can do the yin. Yeah. But I need that piece of it first. It's very hard for me sometimes to jump right into yin right away. It's like I almost need to kind of get the stuff out, the wigglies, the stresses, whatever. And then once I've kind of done that, then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to settle down. If I have an injury, though, obviously, I can usually just get into a yen because I have the, or a flare up, not so much an injury, but a flare up. If I'm having a flare up for my back or my leg or my hip or my arm or my shoulder. Right. Yeah, I know. Cause let me just tell you, we all have stuff in yeah. our bodies. Like there's, yeah. there may, there are some yoga teachers who may not have injuries. I mean, I'm sure there are, but I've had, and my injuries aren't from yoga. My injuries are from life. Right. Well, so. and it's probably, you know, you can get hurt in yoga, but generally, I mean, you're, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why you may or may not get hurt. And the trick is to kind of check yourself, yeah. you know, like that's what I've gotten a lot better at is sort of listening to those early little signals. Yeah. I, when we first got here, like our very first week in our new home, um, it's a very steep gravel driveway and I went to go walk our dogs and my feet just fell right out from underneath and I landed flat on my back and my elbow and it looked like I'd been shot with a shotgun like it was just awful and I remember I looked up I was like I have to go to yoga I have to do something I have to move and I saw Amber Kay's restorative hot stone restorative and I was like you know what I think that's just up my alley and for me I was in so much pain I could barely walk from my car up to the studio to come to class and and so when you're in that much pain for me like I can get into a restorative because like okay just you know get through you know this is not going to hurt you and I felt by the end time I left I I felt a thousand times better I could move better and um those were long holds but it was just what I needed Mm -hmm. to heal not only my mind but my body and that was one of my big experience. That's the first time I ever met Amber Kay. And I remember she's like, she had said, do you have any injuries? And I was like, well, yes, but I know how to adjust for all of them. (laughs) And she's like, okay. Um, and it was just, it was just perfect. So it's nice when you, when you get to a class and you just leave and you just, like you said, you've got that drunk or you're floating and you just walk out feeling better. That's when the magic happens. And I think that that is a lot of what I 
comes out of teacher training too. It's like you have so much, there's just only so much you can teach someone in a, in a yoga class and some people will read books and, and they'll, you know, do all the other things. But that's to me what I got so much out of teacher training was the ability to know um, what I, you know, I, I got I learned so much about anatomy and physiology and I also learned so much about the different styles of yoga, what I might want to do on a given day, um, you know, and it is nice if you do have a little something going on, all right, well, then I know I have this option or that option. And so I still, to me, like so much of what I learned and even coming into just finishing up my 300 hour, it was like, yeah, there's so much, like it's, you just peel back little layers at a time. There's so much depth to the practice and to all those things out there that I just, I, I can't imagine, like, I feel like you do. I, I still love it. I'm still into it. I can't imagine ever getting to the point where I don't still want to do it or don't feel the same about it. I'm not saying I never take a break, but I'm just saying the love of it yeah. is still there and the layering and the depth to it, the layers and the depth to it are just still so interesting to me. I, I found that for me during my yoga teacher training, I unpeeled layers of myself. Yes. With the learning and the anatomy and the history, but it was like every time I would go, because it was a nine-month weekend course, I would another layer would come out, another layer would come out, and I would be like discovering myself, which is uncomfortable at oh, times. We we've talk, we talked about this yeah. with Kayla's podcast. I mean, look, it, teacher training will bring up your stuff. It, yeah, if you've got and I and I have, you know, I have a whole lot of stuff, and. Um, in, in kind of working through that and there's this one story that you know I always share and and it's well there's actually alright let me there's a story I always share and I was um, talking to my two best girlfriends and I was talking about um, my last my dad's last marriage and my stepmother had really hurt my feelings like they got divorced when I was 18 and she just like one day woke up and she was gone. And I was like, well, you know, what happened here? I didn't even know they were having problems. And, um, before that I had had, you know, kind of a, my other stepmother, my dad was married five times. So, <laughs> um, there was a lot, but one of my stepmothers was, you know, pretty abusive. And so I had gone through this whole like transformation during my yoga teacher training. And now I was out in the world and I was teaching and we always talk about letting go, let go. What do you got to let go of? What do you, what are you holding on to? And I remember I was talking to them. I'm like, you know, I, I, for, I forgive Bonnie. I realized that she was sick and that when she did those things, she was ill. I said, but you know, I'm not ready to, um, forgive so-and-so. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, why am I holding on to this? Like, she doesn't even know I'm still mad. It's 25 years. Yeah. And does she even know I'm mad? No. I'm like, what am I doing? And I said, if I had heard a friend or somebody in class say that, I'd be like, why? Why are you holding on to that? And it was like, I had to take all of my good advice and yeah. put it on myself and say, why am I holding on to this? What is it getting me? Why am I not ready to forgive her? Who, who Nobody even cares but you. Yeah. And that was such a big revelation for me. Um, 
And then interestingly enough, because the universe is weird, like the next weekend there had been a tragedy and I saw her at a funeral and then her and I reconnected and, you know, we have, and I've shared that story with her about how I was so angry at her for so long. So she knows, so she hears this podcast, she's not going to be mad. (laughs) Um, But, but that's just, it was like, I guess the universe said, you better buckle up buttercup because you're getting ready to run into her. Yeah. (laughs) And because I had gone to this place, well, I said, okay, well, I forgive her, but I'm not going to talk, but I'm going to be respectful because, you know, this is a bad time for her and, but I'm not going to let her back in my life like that. I, and then of course that's not what happened. Right. So it all worked out for the good. So I, you know, that's kind of one of my shares when I'm teaching, you know, and a lot of times I say, but sometimes it's an easy one. Like, you know, somebody cut you off in traffic, you know, and we held onto it all day long and we had prune face all day long because somebody cut us off. We got to, we got to learn to let go. And it doesn't always have to be this giant piece of baggage that you've been carrying around. Right, 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 right. And then one of my other favorite shares is I was in a Bikram class and one of the, the instructors there, she actually, I think, prides herself on having the hottest classroom. And it was already probably, you know, 150 outside because we were in Florida. And so her classroom was probably 200. And I remember, it, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, but it just felt like that. It right. was always so hot. And I remember laying there in one of the mini Shavasanas going, I'm never coming back to your class. I will look at the schedule. And if you're teaching, I'm not coming. Cause she would call you out and she'd be like, mm-hmm. Amber, I know you can do better. And you know, and I'm like, I'm not coming anymore ever. And she sits down and she starts to do a little share. And she says, the hardest class I've ever taken is the class I just finished. And I was like, you suck. Cause now I have to come back. And it just resonated with me. I was like, I was in that mode and I hated her and I hated class and I hated yoga. And it was just one of those days. And I say that to myself all the time. The hardest class I've ever taken was the one I just finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's really a lot of times when you're in a class and you're taking a class and stuff comes up, you might feel emotion or feel something. You don't always know where it comes from. Mm-mm. And it's really easy to project it onto whoever happens yeah. to be in the room, the teacher, other people in the room. And that that's the other piece of it is that awareness of, you know, where it's like taking a step back and going, I'm not my emotion. I can sit back and go, what is this? Why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? You know, that sort of like digging deep kind of self-reflection thing. Cause I got into yoga for purely physical reasons because of a back injury, but I've stayed in it for all all the other stuff. See, and I started because, you know, I didn't want to be 40. <laughs> How'd that work out for you, Amber? Well, now I'm 50, so. <laughs> um, you know, yoga can do a lot for you. It cannot stop the hands of time. It doesn't stop your birthdays from coming. No. But like you said, like I went into it for one reason and now I, I'm here for all the other stuff, for all the good feels and all the bad feels. Yeah. And and I feel like every time I share a class with somebody, and that means if I'm on my mat as a student or if I am mm-hmm. trying to lead a class, I leave a little piece of myself behind with whomever I'm sharing that space with. Um, and I don't, and I, I think that's really special. And I think that um, it's important to be that present when you're either leading the class or even taking the class because we talk about being in the present moment and not thinking about, you know, gas on the way home or what you have to do. And so I really try and, and, and do that each time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, me too. That's to me. That's more one of the challenges. It is. You know, it's, it is. it's catching that wonder. Yeah, because <laughs> you know we get it too. We're like, oh god, right, how yeah. much longer is this going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes, totally. So, um, like. Name me three TV shows that were your favorites when you were a kid. Oh, Happy Days. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, that was a good one for me, too. Yeah. And um, if I'm honest, Bugs Bunny. Like, I was a big... Looney Tunes? Yes. The original Bugs Bunny, like... Yeah. And my, and my favorite character was that giant rooster. The one who always said, rooster. boy, oh, boy... Uh, uh, yeah, but I say. Yeah, yeah, him. Like, he was my favorite character, and I'd be like, please have him on today. My husband is a great imitation of him, by the way. What is his name? I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on him, too. He would know. Yeah. I'll have to figure that the out. The rooster. But that, yeah, he was I, my favorite. Looney Tunes, the original Looney Tunes was awesome, and we actually got him on CD when my kids were little, and we would watch them. Uh, and they were, and it's funny, they, they still held up. You know, like yeah. some of the, like, I remember trying to make my kids watch bed knobs and broomsticks and they were like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. For love of, can we please watch something else? You know, some of those like movies when we were kids, they just weren't into, but they loved Looney Tunes. I was. The Roadrunner was one of their favorites. I was a huge Dallas fan when I got into my teens though. Mm-hmm. Like that Friday night was like yeah. Dallas and Knott's Landing. Yes. Like, I was, yes. Those. And I was, I remember I was not allowed to watch Charlie's Angels <gasps> and oh, I loved Charlie. And it came on at nine o'clock, and so when I remember, you know, my, my I got to stay up half an hour later than my brother because I was older, and so I could watch half of Charlie's Angels, which was just cruel. And we're just like begging my dad, but, 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 you know, I just want to see the end. And so when I could watch the whole Charlie's Angels, I had arrived, man. I felt like okay, like it doesn't get better than this. I was lucky in the fact that on Fridays and Saturdays we didn't have bedtime, so we could stay. <laughs> Plus, but I mean, they didn't need to give me a bedtime because like 7.15 I was asleep and I'm still that way. So to stay up and watch not slanting or like I, my stepmom would wake me up all the time. She's like, okay, Dallas is coming on. I'm like, oh, okay. And I stay awake for an hour, watch Dallas with her and then go right back to sleep. Um, yeah, but those, but during the, again, I really didn't have a bedtime because I was like, okay, dinner's over. Bye-bye. Oh yeah, I definitely was the late night FOMO sufferer. Oh, like no. it was hard for me to go to sleep, so I was always jonesing to stay up late. And I would hide with a book and a flashlight under my, you know, and then I slept late. You know what yeah. I mean? So mornings were not fun. Still are not fun for me. Yeah. So yeah, I was in a totally different schedule. Oh no, and even to this day, like I love the time change. I'm probably the only person in the whole world that's like, oh good, winter's here because it's six o'clock. That means I can put my pajamas on and go to bed because it's dark out. My God, you are like yeah. Uh, that whole geriatric early bedtime thing. Oh, that's me. I mean, I will eat early. I will say that. That is one. Yeah, I like to eat early. I like to go to bed early. I, and I don't mind having pudding in my bed. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. Right. Um, so, uh, tell, you and I had a funny little story. You've been escorted out by security before. I have, but it was a really, <laughs> it was a really bad time. It's kind of a funny story now, but at the time it wasn't. My father was um, passing away and... Oh, it was recently. Yeah, it was. Oh, I... This was just, and it's the first time in my life I've ever been escorted out of secu- by security. And, um, I was melting down like... There wasn't enough yoga teaching in the world to keep me, like, yeah. from not losing, like, my complete and total... Can I cuss you on here? You can say shit. Okay, yeah. good. My this complete is, and total shit. It's not a PG-13 okay, podcast. Good. You can say the bad And, um, 
ooh, that just opened the door. <laughs> yeah, it did. I should have told you at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so he was really seemed to, he was in a lot of pain and I had said, I don't think his pain machine's working. You know, I called the nurse in and she came in and she was real crap. She's like, you see this, this means it's working. And she was like yelling at me and you know, we're waiting for hospice to come. And I was like, you know what? I was like, just get out. I was like, just get out of my dad's room. Don't talk to me. You're you're a bitch, get out. And I said, and close that door behind you when you leave. And she flung the door open to my dad's room and walked out in the hallway and left the door open. And I was like, I completely had a meltdown and I went charging. And I honestly, if I, if I, I had enough self-control to not put my hands on her, but I got in close to her face as I could. And I was like yelling at her and, and she was looking at me like so superior, so smug. And I'm like, go ahead, call security, have me escorted out. I don't care. And so she did. And, um, they brought three security guards to come get me. <laughs> Which clearly they did because you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So obviously it was going to take some big brawn, brawn to get to me get there. to get Scamber out of out of the, out of the hospital. Building. And so I um, I get in. I, I hear them coming and I'm gathering up my stuff because I'm not going to fight with them. I'm not because I'm thinking to myself, is it worth going to jail for? Because I don't know how long it's going to take to get out. <laughs> right. 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 So. Um, Maybe. There's your plan B. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I really Scamper's was. Amber's alive and well. I'm She's still really, thinking about I, how to get out. I was like, if I'm going to be escorted out, maybe I should really make it worth it. But then I was like, you know, I got to put my dad first. And so I'm not going to do this. Right. So I get in the elevator and on the way out, you know, that nurse is all smug. Like she's just won the lottery. And, and I just looked at her and I said, you know what? I said, I forgive you. I said, I'm going to pray for you. And I got in the elevator and I'm running, but I'm fuming. Like, I mean, you could probably see it coming off of me. And I looked and I'm like, really? Three of you? And he's like, well, some of the most dangerous people are your size. <laughs> I just looked at him and I was like, I, I just, I really, it caught me off guard. Cause I was like, did they bite you on the ankle? Like, I'm like, I'm coming up to your waistband. I'm like, and the only thing I could think of was, well, I guess if I kicked you between the legs, you're right. I'd have the upper hand, but I, I, it was the first and only time I'd been escorted out. And you know, I didn't tell my husband for almost a year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell him. And so what did he say when you finally told him? I told him he, he, well, he first said, he goes, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, I don't know. I was embarrassed about it. And you know, I was, I was acting out. I wasn't, and he's like, well, I know you have a temp temper because one time we were at the airport and I yelled at him. I'm like, we've missed our, they won't let us on the plane. He's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, I think you should take your gun out. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, we're going, we're going down at the airport. Um, so he just, he said, well, and, and I, and I, we, we own a company that does work for law enforcement. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm in this county and somebody's going to come to arrest me and I'm going to know who they are. And I was like, I can't, I can't have that. I can't, yeah. I can't have that. It was, right. it was just, yeah, it was, I wish it was a more fun story. Right. But yeah, I don't think I, I knew the backstory behind that. I think we were talking and you didn't hear that part, but yeah, I was recently escorted out of a hospital by Thanks. three large burly security men. And I mean, 
I'm like, well, actually, you know, I'm 120 pounds. I mean, what do you think I'm really going to do to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I do think, though, I'm glad you shared that story, even though it was a, probably a tough moment for you. Yeah. Because I think that we have to accept that we are just not perfect. No. You know, despite all the yoga in the world, we're still going to have human moments. Yeah. When we just, emotions and things get the better of us, and we just do what we do, and then it's kind of important to just kind of forgive yourself after that and say, you know, I... This, it's just we're that's yeah. we're just gonna have those moments. And when I called my girlfriends and I told them about it, I'm like, literally every everything I've learned, all the self reflection, everything I've worked so all this inner peace that I've worked so hard to get <laughs> to right out the was gone. And I'm like, and if I could have murdered somebody, it would have happened tonight. And I was like, and it was so kind of like, like after I got in my car, and I'm like, <gasps> you know, breathing heavy, and I'm like, what in the hell just happened? Who was that person? Because yeah. I hadn't seen her in a long time. Yeah, but don't. I think we have our triggers. Yeah, you know, like that's trigger. You were triggered, mm -hmm. and it just that's what happens. You just have this reaction that just like a volcano. It just was. Rah, comes out, and then I was afraid I wasn't going to get it back in. Yeah, you know that it was going to like just be there all the time, and that I was going to. Because that was such that that moment of that outburst of that rage, I felt and carried around with me for so long, and I was like, oh my gosh, what if I can't? You know, it's like the genie in the bottle. Yeah. What if I can't get it tapped back down? And and then you know, and I obviously did, and I don't often have rage moments, <laughs> rageful moments. Um, but that was it, that was an enlightening moment for me because I was like, wow, I really worked hard to kind of mm -hmm. not be that person anymore. And, sh and it, but at the same time, it was good to know she's still there in case of emergency. Yeah. 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 So she's still there. Um, but that, you know, I just don't feed that beast yes. <laughs> as often. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Did it surprise you when it happened? It did. It did. And I, um, and when I was running through the hallway after her, there was a moment where a, a part of me said, don't touch her because I was getting ready to put my hands on her mm -hmm. and I'm not a violent person. Like I've never been violent. I mean, yes, I have a, a temper and I might yell, scream, cry and make a big scene. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a moment of like, don't, don't, don't do it. Cause it'll be worse. Right. And I'm going to say that was yoga. <laughs> I mean, I do think you can have, like, because I've had rage like that before, and I think most people have, yeah. and it almost feels like an out-of-body experience. I don't like that feeling. No, I don't like that feeling either, and that's what it feels like to me. Because I was out of control. When she slung that door and I was running after her, I had no control over my mouth, my brain, my body, anything. And then right when I got there, something just, mm -hmm. like a little teeny piece of control came back. And I'm so glad because it would have been, and I'm not proud of the situation and I'm not proud of how I handled it. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't go back and change it because it had to happen. And, and I, and I hope that when she was fired, I have no idea what happened to her because I did call and speak to the administrator and I was like, she really shouldn't be a nurse. I'm like, and we're not talking about my behavior. I'm talking about the fact that my dad is dying in the hospital room. I'd rather I screamed at you or not, you don't leave the door open. Right. Because patient care. Right. And so either she got reprimanded. I hope she reflected on her. I, I hope that it helped somebody else's family right. in the long run. And that's how I've left it is that 
it happened, I wouldn't change it because what she did was wrong and I didn't handle it gracefully, but you know, you can't always be gracefully, but I hope that it doesn't happen to another family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know kind of what the consequences are or the fallout from something like that. Right. So yeah. 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 It, I always find those things such an interesting reminder of, oh yeah, I've still got some work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um, I was also, I've been escorted out by security a time or two, but my, mine was my first back injury. I think I, didn't I tell you that we were out the other night about how I snuck into a country club to watch fireworks and I climbed over this huge chain link fence and I got the security guard was just right there no. and he saw me and so he comes over and he's like you know what are you doing and it was like obviously I'm sneaking in what do you think I'm doing I probably duh. walked through the front door if I was a member but you know I didn't just decide and did you say duh after you told him what you were doing I probably did because that's what we did back then and um, he so he made me climb back over the fence and I had a skirt on and I was so and I I was so like nervous and anxious like I mean I don't know I just so I'm trying to whip over and I kind of slung myself over the top of the fence because it was like barbed wire. Oh my god! And um, I landed really See, hard. I should have been I, your friend because I would not have let you do it with the barbed wire. Like I would have found a way around that. Scamber <laughs> would have gotten me out of that country club without. Oh no! I would have got you in the front door. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Even better. Yeah. See, this is the difference between Scamber and I. Jay goes over the chain link fence. Thrillcox goes over the chain. No, link I would have talked our way right in. Scamber would have brought. Yes. No. See, that was the, my problem. And so that's kind of where my back end. And I've I've been you know I've had. Other run-ins with security, but that's we did. I have to say, um, we 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 had we had gotten a camper, a new camper, and it slept like forty. It really probably slept like fifteen people. And my girlfriend's like, "Oh, we should have your birthday's coming up. We should go to the beach and take the camper." I'm like, "Absolutely." So. My other friends that have campers, you know, their husbands, all the husbands are driving the campers to the beach for the weekend. And it was my birthday weekend. And we're staying there for the whole weekend. And it was a hot mess of nothing but girls and wine and tequila and food. And so it's like two o'clock in the morning and it's our first night there. And we're like, we, let's go to the pool. Right? So we're going to the pool and the pool's locked. What? That was one of the other times I got yeah. escorted out by security as I was in a pool and I was. I was like, "What's happening with this pool being locked?" And I'm like, "This is not right. It's not locked for a reason. It's just there for me to figure out how to get around it." Okay, but in my defense, it's like they wanted me to, because right next to the fence was two cinder blocks and like some table. It's like they put it there on purpose. So, you know, I might've had to move it a little bit. Um, next thing I know, me and my girlfriend, um, we've, we've arranged it. So it's almost like a stair and now we've climbed the fence and so we can get over and then we can open the gate for everybody else to get into. And, um, I, there wasn't tequila involved, I swear, <laughs> but we did that. Nobody got hurt. But I remember as we were all, as I'm climbing over the fence and I'm going to the door and I'm like, listen, I was like, your husband's a medic and we can't call him because he'll tell all the other husbands. I'm like, we've got to come up with somebody in case we get hurt, like who we can call that's not oh going to tell God, the husband. You really are. Like, you think so, that's so funny that you do that. 
it's like you're a, like a, a James Bond looking at all the exits. You know what I, I mean? Like, all right, so I if I get, if, if, if something happens, I know I can get out here, here, and here. Oh, no. And I and I was like, and then I was like, you can climb over the fence. You can climb over the fence. You cannot climb over the fence. Like, I, because I, I knew their abilities. And I was like, you, I was like, just stay there. Don't even come in the pool. You might drown. <laughs> And, um, and so we, we had a good swim, and then the next day, one of the um, girls that we were with that weekend knew the security guard, and so they left the pool open for us, so we didn't have to climb the gate anymore. Oh, that was good. Yeah, but that first night was pretty fun, um, But we and there was a couple other incidents where we were like, look, just so you know, nobody's going to the emergency room till Monday, so A, don't get hurt, and B, if you get hurt, you're going to have to drink a lot more to numb the pain, because we're not going to the emergency room. That's so funny. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Mapping it all out. I know. Who would have known? <laughs> oh, I know. That's so funny. I just, I think that's hilarious. You know, we are who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of getting close to wrapping it up. Any kind of last little thoughts or things you want to share? I'm trying to think if I have any other little questions at the end, but no. Oh, I know what I would ask you. Um, why do you think, um, why should someone give yoga a try? If they're like, yeah, it's not for me. You know, I, one of my pet peeves is when people say, oh, I can't do yoga because I can't touch my toes. And I go, are you breathing? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, then you're doing yoga right now. Oh, I can't do yoga because I have this, this, that. You know, there's always an excuse. And, you know, when I first started yoga, I couldn't touch my toes either. I couldn't get to the ground. I couldn't even lay down in Shavasana. Um, <laughs> like, it's a process. And I always try and convince them. And I'm, I always say to them, well, maybe you should come take, like, a yen class. You don't even have to stand up. So I always use that. If you're afraid that you can't touch your toes, why don't you take a class where you don't stand up in? Right. Um, and I can, and, but you know what? And then after a while, I stop fighting with them. Yeah. Because I can, like, I've told them all the reasons they should do yoga. And they're like, I'm like, I'll even come to your house. I'll do a free class with you. You don't have to pay me. We'll drink wine after, you know, mm -hmm. like all the things I can think of to entice them to, to do it. And if they don't take me up on it, then I just leave it alone because you get there when you're ready. Yeah. And yeah. if you're not ready, all my talk in the world is not going to yeah. to get you there. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. Every, we have to come on our own timetable. We're mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, I'm. But I, then when they, and, but you know, all the and, and I just don't like the excuses. Why don't you just say to me, I don't really like yoga. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, but it does open a door because I'd be like, well, why don't you like yoga? Because. And she's like, well, I, and like a, a, front, a, a neighbor I know, she's like, well, I don't like yoga because I went and I took a class and I got hurt. The instructor did this. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> you shouldn't have been teaching yoga probably, but you should give it another try. And I just think that um, some people just, it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's like running. Okay. If I'm running, I suggest you start running too because something bad's happening because I don't run. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like to run. Um... And nobody, nobody's ever going to convince me that I need to take up running and be a long distance runner. Right. It's not going to happen. And I think the same thing about yoga. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're intrigued by it and it's something that you're interested in, you should give it a try. But I think you should try more than one class. Like you shouldn't give up because what if you go to a yen class yeah. and you have monkey mind. And so you go, Oh, well, I'm never going to go back to yen or that. I'm never going to go back to yoga because I laid there the whole yeah, time. You got you, you to give it the college try. You got to try yeah. several different styles and you got to give it a good, you know, I, I really do think you 
got to give it at least a month yeah. of trying different classes, different styles, maybe, I mean, really three times a week if you can do it. And then you'll really feel a difference. Yeah. Usually about four to six weeks is when you feel a difference, but you got to kind of commit to it because what you get out of it is what you put in it. You it know, is. That's kind of. But how. isn't that's everything? That's everything that you do in in life. If you, you just kind of float by, then what are you getting out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that applies to everything in in life. But I know that it changed me for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I also wanted the change. Yeah. And I think I didn't know I wanted the change when I started yoga, though. I just wanted to be fit. Yeah. I just didn't want to be 40. <laughs> See, that's how I look at it. It doesn't matter how we get you in. Yeah. You know, you'll, it'll either be, it'll resonate with you and you'll, or it won't. But I yeah. mean, I do think whatever style you, st- I'm not a purist about any of it. Yeah. And I think as long as you're doing something, you're probably getting benefits you don't even know you're getting. I agree. So I agree. you might as well do it. Well, thanks for coming in. Well, thanks Cam, for having me, girl. Huh? I know. It was so much fun. We'll definitely have to do it again. Thank you. Um, so thank you for joining me for um, Namaste Real, and um, I will see you guys next time. Thank you.